The following is a Frank R. Wilson presentation. Welcome to where we celebrate music from the movies. From the golden age to present day, we've got it covered. We talk to those from the industry and learn about them and their favorite scores. Welcome to What's the Score? I'm your host, Frank R. Wilson. So let's take a look at the shelf of CDs and see what we're going to play today. Recognize that music? It's a favorite film score of today's guest. He uh, comes from a long line of professional musicians, in particular brass players. He's performed with the BBC Orchestra and London Philharmonic Orchestra, to name just a few. He's shared the stage with such notables as Brian Adams, the Drifters, and Cliff Richard, among others. But what's most intriguing about our guest is what he's up to these days. Um... Have you ever been able, question of the audience, have you ever been able to hear a band perform film score music? Not songs, but the instrumental cues. Yeah, me neither. Well, our guest has done exactly that with his band, Cue the Music, a tribute band to the music of the James Bond series. They've performed all across Europe and have been gaining popularity with every month. Uh, The leader of that band is with us, and so I hope that uh, everyone will... Please join me in welcoming Warren Ringham to our program. Hi, Warren. Hello, Frank. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, Wonderful no, I, introduction. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I, I read it just like you wrote it, so um, <laughs> just a joke. Um, but uh, no, I've, I've been so excited about uh, getting to talk with you because I'm intrigued with with what you've been doing and the uh, the recent successes that you've had in, in, uh, in popularity. So I'm looking forward to get to, to know you a little bit uh, as well as hear what your favorites are going to be that we'll play on today's program. Now, I will point out to everybody that since uh, since the band plays nothing but uh, music from the uh, Bond, uh, James Bond series, we're going to focus on that today. But that doesn't mean I'm going to let Orrin off the hook. I, at some point, want to ask a little bit about uh, some other film music as well. Um, we usually start off with everybody. We I usually just ask everyone to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, you know, growing up and... Uh, just you know, interesting things that would, would help for us to get to know you a little bit better. Well, I, I, music has been a part of my life since I was a baby, really, because um, as you mentioned in, in the introduction, my family do come in a long line of musicians, not just professional musicians, but teachers um, and going back as far as my great aunt Maisie. Um, she was a a well-renowned professional trumpet player. She was the first ever female professional trombone player, sorry. Um, And she was in the Halley Orchestra back in the 50s. Um, Wonderful player, really, really well-known and well-respected. And um, eventually then my dad uh, became a professional trumpet player as well. Um, He was in the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in London, in England, as well as the BBC Symphony and the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestras. And during his career, he played on a number of um, soundtracks, um, including Return of the Jedi, Interview of the Vampire, Passage Through India, all the Mad Max films. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he did he, he did play on uh, extensively on a lot of uh, soundtracks. Back in the 80s and 90s, the Royal Phenomenic Orchestra were um, one of the busiest and most popular orchestras in England, if not the um the biggest and yeah he he played on a lot of soundtracks and actually recorded um the album movieola with john barry oh uh, wow 
two albums in fact and um you, you can hear him playing a couple of solos on those albums which i'm always very proud of and always give a shout out to because there's some really lovely playing by him in there so that was my childhood was growing up around that um and i suppose it was inevitable really that with all that music in the house and around my upbringing that i was going to um take up some sort of musical instrument and because my dad was such a dedicated trumpet player and practice you know every single day for hours and hours um the trumpet was the instrument that i guess it was going to be always the one that i was going to follow (laughs) um and pretty much from the minute i picked it up i was flying on it and um just fell in love with playing and having the opportunity to play music that i heard on screen um being able to play that music was what really attracted me into getting into the business wow so it really it truly is in you it's it's in your dna there's no question about it oh absolutely and you know i mean it's the ringham name is is well associated with with music and brass playing in particular i mean i haven't had anything like the career that those before me did but um yet I've yet s- <laughs> well getting it's getting a bit late now <laughs> i'm in my 40s <laughs> but but you know it's um it's been a wonderful um life that i've had an opportunity that i've had to get paid and, and earn a, a living from doing what i love doing you have uh, chosen a variety of different cues from the James Bond series that you wanted to share with us today. Uh, and then we'll get into some other stuff as we continue on with the program. The first one I was going to play as a, as a favorite of mine as well. This is from Thunderbolts, the uh, Chat- Chateau fight. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thinking of wanting to, uh, to share that one with our audience today. Well, Thunderbolts always been one of my favorite Bond scores, without a doubt. Um, I, I absolutely love John Barry's writing in thunderball it's almost like he had an explosion um of joy when he got to write this score i think um goldfinger is a, a brilliant score but it's a little bit more sort of um dainty and under understated in comparison to thunderball i mean he wrote mm. a lot more music for thunderball oh yeah and got that great opportunity which he's so good at to um, describe musically what was on screen and there's a lot of underwater scenes in thunderball and those kind of environments are where john barry just comes into his own i mean nobody better writes better in an underwater or an outer space sort of situation than john barry and um i always just love the whole score and, and this one i think the reason this one really stood out for me was it's the unbelievable high trumpet playing that um comes towards the end of this cue mm-hmm. and it's uh, an amazing talent to be able to play that high and that loud and that accurately um so even from a young age hearing this was was just like wow that is some incredible trumpet playing that i'm hearing there <laughs> so um this cue is always one that i I always skip straight to when I put this soundtrack on, probably start with this one and then uh, go back and listen to the whole album uh, from there. (laughs) Uh, How funny. Well, let's uh, let's have a listen to this. This is uh, from the uh, the score for the Bond film Thunderball released in 65. This is uh, the cue is called Chateau Fight and it's written by, of course, John Barry.
you formed your band, Cue the Music. You decided to to focus on the James Bond scores, and and not just Barry, but you know all, all the James Bond scores. So, what? How did that come about? How is it that you decided to to do something like that? Well, I was already running a professional function band um, from when I was 18. And I'd started for a couple of years and we were doing a lot of private events, corporate events. Mm. And um, I decided that I I mean, I was such a massive Bond fan, Bond music fan. I was always having the CD on in the car. And I was just sat there one day and I thought, firstly, I thought nobody's ever taken this music and and put it into a like live band setting. I mean, look at all the tribute bands that are out there. There's tribute bands for everything. I mean, absolutely every genre of music every artist and actually when i thought about it i thought it's a totally practical thing to do to be able to uh, reduce those those pieces down to a smaller band size it would have to be bigger than a standard band of about 10 mm-hmm. um i knew from the word go i was going to have to go with an 11 12 maybe 13 piece band and that was the challenge was making it small enough that it was practical to take it out, but making it big enough that it did the the sound justice of Bond. So um, that was kind of how I got there, really, was that, you know, I made the decision early on that I wanted to do it and that I was going to have to expand the size of the band they already had. And, and off I went. And never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined it would have it would be as successful as it has been. I mean, and, it's just and it been works. an incredible time. And yeah. it works. I mean, the the, uh, the 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 things that I've heard that you guys have done, it just blows me away how close you come to capturing, you know, the original sound. And, and which kind of leads me to another question I didn't even think about earlier. But so, I mean, were you given sheet music for this stuff, or were you able no. to acquire sheet music, or you had to do it all from a blank piece of paper, I guess? Huh? Yeah, I mean. There's two parts of that. I mean, that's a question I've been asked a few times recently. And, and there are, you know, the odd Bond scores out there. Um, but one, they're done quite often in quite a hurried um, way where someone's being paid a nominal fee to knock out an arrangement where, you know, it's 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 bit painted by numbers. There's there's no real um detail gone in there or not the sort of detail that i'd want for a james bond band as a fan so and then secondly to that of course because the lineup is so bespoke that i've created the only way to to um create music for that group is to write it yourself and and arrange it from the originals um and by doing that I have the ultimate control of deciding what goes where in the band and making sure that no stone is left unturned mm-hmm. and that it is as authentic as it can possibly can be. Yeah. Well, you uh, you, you mentioned uh, Barry's ability to write for underwater and for space. Uh, this next cue we're going to play in, involves outer space. And, and I remember, um, I don't think you've heard it yet, but I actually did an interview with John Barry a number of years ago that I actually have on the podcast. And he mentioned that the space music and Moonraker was something that he particularly liked, which I thought was really interesting. And so we're going to I found it great that you uh, chose a cue from Moonraker as well. This is called Flight Into Space. Tell us a little bit about your thinking of including that in your uh, list of all time favorites. Well, I mean, I think, as I said earlier, with anything where he's creating an atmosphere, he's just the master at it. And those amazing chords that he writes went from his sort of jazz background, the the ninth chords as they are, they, they just really transport you to where um, the scene is. I mean, if you took, if you took what's going on screen, you took it off, it would still be space music. It's that's a genius um, composition technique, I think. And Flight Into Space is one of the very first cues that I actually transcribed for Cue the Music. I mean, we we have done it. There's a recording of us on YouTube oh, doing wow. it. And, yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore this cue. And it was one of the first ones, as I say, it, that was that was one of my influences for starting the Cue the Music and actually doing it more than just the songs, making it a tribute to the whole genre of James Bond. So yes. it. It had a big impact on me 
um, all the way through, really. So just so I can uh, – I want to reference it because I want people to hear your work, and, I, and towards the end of the show we'll get a little bit more deeper into that. But you can go on to YouTube and, as a for instance, hear the band doing this particular cue? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I would encourage the audience to do that because I think you'll be blown away uh, for those of you that haven't been exposed to the, to the band before. So, uh, yeah, look it up on YouTube. It's it's Q, just the letter Q, the music is the name of the band, and then uh, perhaps you can see some examples on there of their work. And so that's I, – I, I think when we get finished, I'm going to do that myself. But um, <laughs> let, let's let's hear the original right now. This is a, This is from the film Moonraker. Uh, 1979 release, and the the cue is called "Flight into Space," and written once again by John Barry.
having a band must be an incredible amount of work. And you and I have shared some conversations back and forth. I know how hard you work and the time investment you have. What What's the hardest part of trying to uh, – I mean, you're basically an entrepreneur. You have your own business, and your business is this band. What's the hardest part of that? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, the, I guess – I guess there isn't one thing. Um, time management is the hardest thing for me mm. um, because I do every aspect of the band from the accounting to the arranging to um, the promotion, the marketing, building the website, running the Facebook page, mu- uh, directing, obviously, musically. I do all the technical side of it as well. Um, I write the scripts. There's so much involved and juggling that two young children and a full-time career as a trumpet player (laughs) it's really really hard actually um and if it wasn't for the fact that i adore the music and james bond so much i think i would have probably have had to have packed it in a long time ago um (laughs) but you know i mean the thing is as well is it people people enjoy what we do so much and that becomes a bit of a drug actually because you know, the reaction that we get when we go and do these concerts is it's just unbelievable. I mean, I when bet. people come up afterwards and say how much they've enjoyed it, it's very difficult to leave that behind. And not that I'm at the point where I'm considering that at all, but it's in those times when it's just really, really tough to keep it all going and find time to um, make your way through the list of things to do. It's that reaction and, and that enjoyment that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, I realize it doesn't pay the bills. However, it, it goes a long way towards keeping you enthused and motivated to keep going forward. I can, I can only imagine. Yeah. In fact, I, well, I'll bring it up later. Cause I, I can tell that this is a real passion project for you. So it's a, uh, it's great. Let's see. Um, let's, let's go ahead and uh, play another cue. You, uh, we're going to go outside the the John Barry realm, I guess, if you will. I found it interesting that you included uh, a cue from The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, this was a, a score written by uh, Marvin Hamlish, and uh, the cue you chose was Bond 77, which, you know, I, if for those of you that maybe aren't as familiar, this is basically the ski chase music at the, for the pre-title sequence in the film. It's It's a little different. From from some of the other cues that you chose, so I am curious as to why you would have chosen this one. Well, I thought I'd put a bit of variety in there and not just go all out John Barry. The first list I wrote was all John Barry, and I thought <laughs> actually, you know, it's a shame with 50 plus years, nearly 60 years now of James Bond music, um, not to feature a, a couple of the other fabulous scores that were there and um i think bond 77 is one of the most exciting chase music cues from the whole series actually um the score there's some good parts to the score but it's it's i don't think overall it's by any means the the strongest score in the series but i do think this cue was was brilliant and i know that it's complete and utter ripoff of the bg song um you should be dancing but i still love it and i've when we never do it, i've never heard that that's interesting now no, i listen to this really? in an entirely different way yeah no i've never heard oh that. it's it's a complete ripoff everything from the guitar riff to the bass line to the horn break in the middle is almost you know it's all, well <laughs> it's nearly identical if you if you a b the two recordings uh you'll be like oh my goodness it and and he admitted it as well he said he said he oh, was he amazed did. he got away with it yeah yeah huh. yeah well and i also understand that apparently he was apparently he was crushed when he wasn't asked back to do it again because i i know the song was nominated i, I think the score was too and uh yeah. he was always surprised he wasn't asked back i mean it's yeah i think it is a surprise and um I think he's probably well. Actually, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, I think that um, the Live and Let Die score is great as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could have asked George Martin back, but um, I guess it's sometimes just these things don't quite work out. But well, and it's also it's a real you know if there's ever a family business and with that kind of a feel with it, it's the it's Eon Productions and the and the the James Bond team. I mean, it's just they've 
they've always kind of stuck together and used the same people. Not as much as they used to, but certainly in those days they did. Uh, even to the point where sometimes sons and daughters of people that worked on the films in the 60s and 70s are now working on the films now. So Yeah, very true. Yeah. Well, let's let's have a listen to this. This is uh, from the 77 film uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. The cue is called Bond 77, and it's written by Marvin Hamlish. Um, do other members of the bands, maybe not to your level, but they, do they share a similar passion for this music and for and for this genre? 
Oh, absolutely. I'm not to the same level. I mean, nobody's as geeky about it as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but they and actually some of the guys in the band who joined who were fabulous musicians, but maybe not a, a huge John. Uh, John Barry or maybe James Bond fans have kind of really got into it as a result. And, you know, I'll, I'll hear, I mean, even my sound engineer who um, didn't really know a lot about James Bond, she understood f- from the early days that she needed to get to know the music to be able to mix it properly. Mm. And just the other day we were having a conversation and I was saying, I was thinking about doing under the mango tree on one of the concerts. And she went, Oh, I, I know that that's from Dr. No. Wow. I said, oh, okay. He said, oh, I wouldn't have known that before I joined the band, but you know, I do my research now, and I thought, wow, that's really cool, you know. So, um, not only are, are people taking it that seriously that they'll go away and learn about it, but also I'm in a sort of roundabout way, I'm creating more Bond fans with it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think any composer, any of the composers that worked on the on the Bonds, other than John Barry, have have any of them? come close you think to, to capturing the sound and the and the spirit of what john barry did absolutely david arnold has i okay. mean i think i think the guy's a, an absolute genius and i think he's really um brilliantly struck the balance between having one foot in john barry's sound and mm-hmm. creating his own sound because yes. i do think when you hear a david arnold score you know it's his score and i think that's ultimately the real skill of a composer the best composers when you switch on um, a radio station and there's film music playing you know it's john barry you know it's john williams um and he has definitely has that ability but yet he's still working within that that sphere that world that that sound that john barry created yeah i agree i agree which kind of leads us to the next cue here which is interesting which i don't know if it's John Barry-esque or not, but I do like the cue very much. Uh, this is from a, a David Arnold score. He uh, uh, did the score for Tomorrow Never Dies, and the cue that you had chosen was Backseat Driver, which I think has some interesting angles to it uh, as well. But uh, tell us a little bit about your thinking on including that on your list. Well, again, it's one of my um, favorite chase music cues from the series. And it also, although it's now it's not modern at all but it's a lot more modern <laughs> than some of the other ones we chose so i thought it gave a, a bit more of a cross section of of the bomb music but of course this particular track is very reminiscent and clearly influenced by um his propellerheads um collaboration from his shaken not stirred album right. um which was the track on a magic secret service and actually that's another track i mean it's a little bit off it's not obviously from a film score, but it's an interesting one to listen to because you really get um, a foot in the past and a foot in the future because you've got starts off with a bit of uh, from Russia with love. Then you've got a, obviously got a magic secret service in the middle of it. You've got the space march of you only live twice, but throughout all of it as well, you've got the sound of backseat driver as well. So it's an interesting um, piece to study because it really shows the past, present and future of, of bond music at that time when he did it um and you know like i say the backseat driver influence and the collaboration with the propellers again on this uh cue i think is absolutely brilliant and i i think it's uh, uh just a really exciting cue from the series yeah. well let's have a listen this is again from the uh, uh the, the bond film tomorrow never dies i want to say 1997 uh the cue is called backseat driver written by David Arnold.
Now, cue the music as a as a we were talking about being an entrepreneur and a businessman and those sorts of things. I've found it interesting that you're kind of taking a different approach to um, to business. I don't know how else to to phrase it, because I did hear you somewhere where you talked about the logistics. I mean, I've and it's easy for me to say, oh, come over to the U.S. Come on, we'd love to hear you play here in the in the states. Hmm. And then you started listing all the costs that would be involved and all the logistics and those sorts of things. It's 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 not easy, and and I it, it, I was intrigued with this new business model that I think that you've come up with, and was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. You you know what I'm referring to, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we got we have the Patreon scheme now, a monthly subscription, which is anything from four dollars upwards, depending on how much you want to pay, and each month they get a new track. But we've really taken it to the extreme. So not only do you get the mp3 and wav files so you get a high res and low res um, version of the audio you also get the video but we're doing a little commentary track each month so we talk about how the track was created some of the some of the thoughts that go into how we record it um some highlight and pick out some of the parts within the song that make it special and just go into real detail on how it's all done Mm. and i think people are finding that side really interesting and as well with the recording that we're releasing which is the recording from piers gloria which was the 50th anniversary of on homage secret service which happened in june and we were lucky enough to perform there so we recorded and videoed that and that's the recording that we're currently releasing uh, one track a month through there and so we're also even doing like isolated audio so you can download just the drum track and with the video as well and oh how interesting um, yeah it's it's really popular actually and and it's a great way of not only of getting access to key the music's recordings but you're also supporting the show um hugely because that kind of monthly income just helps keep the show going and i i was being brutally honest about a month ago i thought we were going to probably wind it up and i it was only because we hit a certain amount of target uh, on the um patreon scheme that i was able to keep it going because Mm. the running costs of of something like this are just massive absolutely extortionate well, now, how do, I, 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 how do you spell – it's called – it's Patreon? Is that what you – Yeah, P, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com. And if you go to www.patreon.com uh, forward slash cue the music show, that's our landing page there. Okay. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll try to put that on our on our uh, Facebook page as well uh, after, we, after we post the program because I was really fascinated with that, and I – uh, would encourage our listeners to, uh, you know, if, if you love this music and would love to see it continue to be performed live like this, which I think is very unique, uh, you know, please support it. And uh, maybe we can support it enough to where you guys could finally make it over stateside. I would <laughs> love to see you guys perform. I think we get closer to every single year, but we're still a long, long way away because it's just the main problem is the flight costs and the visa costs basically make it prohibitive unless we had ridiculous investment to make it work um i really really hope it happens one day it's always been a huge ambition of mine to bring cue music to the us and we do have a lot of followers and a lot of interest over there so you never know one day it might happen but yeah believe me i wish it would happen as much as you do yeah no i i understand that i understand let's um We'll go back to the John Barry uh, selections. This next cue is from uh, the last score, he, last James Bond score he did. Uh, the film was called The Living Daylights, and the cue you've chosen was uh, Hercules Takeoff. Talk to us a little bit about that cue. Well, I mean, I think that the whole score of Living Daylights is brilliant. It's one of my favorite scores. Um, I think it's probably my top three or four from the whole series. Oh, wow. And yeah i think it's great and i i think it just really shows that in my opinion i think that that john barry went a little bit too early from the bond series because he was still doing that thing that he did all the way through which is updating his sound mm-hmm. to not only create 
um, keep one foot in his sound, but also keep pace with the sounds of the time. And even though there's kind of a lot of program drums and, and what have you in The Living Daylights, I still think it it retains that fabulous John Barry, James Bond sound. And some of the the music with Cara and Bond and stuff is some of the some of the most beautiful writing um, in the series. And then at the same time, the action cues like this one just still he's still writing really exciting music which complements the screen action perfectly so oh, yes. um, i do love this cue and and the whole score i think is just just a work of genius I, I i think you you summed it up beautifully you're right he kept he kept updating the sound as as technology would you know just like with honor majesty secret service all of a sudden started using a yeah. moog synthesizer before anybody was doing that in films and this is another example of him kind of using current technology to update the sound so i think that's very well very well said let's uh let's have a listen to this again the uh, the cue is from the living daylights in 1987 it's called hercules takeoff and it's written by john barry We were uh, we were talking about uh, the band and your new business model and things of that nature. I I was fortunate enough because I think you made it available on a limited basis or for a limited time to see uh, part of your performance at Piz Gloria. Now, for those of you that are not maybe familiar familiar, uh, it was the 50th anniversary of one of the James Bond films called Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And they had a big celebration at one of the places that was a location for that film. It's called Piz Gloria. And Warren and his band were invited and thankfully showed up at that event and that celebration to actually have a, a full concert as part of the, the evening's festivities. And the reason why I bring it up is that I will forever remember uh, when you guys did your, your, uh, your, your Majesty's Medley. When you hit that last note and finished it, the look on your face and your expression and <laughs> was priceless. I could tell how much that meant to you and how excited you were. Uh, talk yeah. to us about a little bit about that because it, uh, you know, that had logistic problems. You know, having to go ten thousand feet up in the air 
bringing all the equipment on a cable car and all that sort of thing. And then I guess physically, because of the thinner air, it presented some challenges as well. So tell us a little bit about that yeah. experience. Yeah, it was. There were a lot of challenges involved in terms of um, how we, we had to drive all the equipment over there, drove through the night, um, lugged it all the way up this uh, mountain via four cable car journeys. And then when you get to the top and you're tired anyway, you've then got to deal with as you say, the thinner air, the low out, the um, high altitude, and it did play a part. It did. It it was quite debilitating for everyone. I would say more than half the band were really feeling unwell by the time we were due to play. Um, oh, wow! But actually, once we started and and got into it, and the crowd went absolutely nuts from the first note of the first piece, and of course that immediately releases all this adrenaline, which I think carried everybody through and. And actually, we gave, without a doubt, in my opinion, we gave our greatest ever performance. Listening back to the recording, it's the best I've ever heard the band play. There's just so much energy and passion in there. And obviously, we did this 20-minute medley, which was a real, real challenge to do that on limited rehearsal time. And the guys just played out of their skin. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal playing from every single person and so my face at the end is just a mixture of emotions from pure joy to absolute relief to (laughs) disbelief that we've actually pulled it off because of the you know the challenges involved and and yeah it was it what an amazing experience that moment if you could bottle that feeling and sell it you you'd be absolutely um, you know multi-millionaire it's just yeah just an incredible moment well i i've always wanted to kind of tell you about that that i just i love your <laughs> expression and just the the overall feeling i mean it made kind of fired me up too just seeing it so and it was interesting when you finished that medley from honor majesty secret service the the last part of that uh, of that whole medley was the next cue that we're going to play which is a real favorite of mine and I was um, I was so excited when they re-released the the, the scores and were able to uh, find the original recordings and release some previously unreleased stuff. And this was one of them. And I was very impressed with how you guys pulled this this cue off uh, on that live performance. Uh, we're talking about the cue uh, from Honor and Majesty Secret Service is called Gumball Safe. Um, tell me a little bit about why you would choose that because it's a little bit unusual. It's just just talk to me about it well i majesties is not a film that i've always had high up in my um ranking of films but and and funnily enough that tends to mirror my rankings of the scores but over the past sort of two years since i knew we were doing this event and subsequently also doing 20 minutes of music from it it's just grown and grown and grown and grown, especially the soundtrack. It's one of my favorite um, soundtracks now, definitely. And again, along with Living Daylights and probably Moonraker, Thunderball, probably my favorite four um, soundtracks. And mm-hmm. this cue in particular, I just think it's I think it's just so amazing the way it builds tension right the way through it. Um, and I think it really typifies john barry's sound as well he does that an awful lot where he takes an idea and just repeats it and repeats it and repeats it but adds to it as he goes Mm -hmm. so you kind of get this relentless um sound going forward and and not only that because it's so repetitive it's so it makes it so tense which is very much mirrors the the spy kind of genre and what's going on on screen you know with that particular um scene it's it's a case of of is he going to get caught? Is George Lazenby going to get caught? Um, and so I think, you know, that's, I just, I just love the composing technique of it. And I, I love the, the simplicity of what he's written, but yet, even though it's so simple, it's such fantastic theme writing and, and uh, oh, yeah. atmospheric writing. And yeah, you think about it, it's actually, it's a pretty boring sequence. If you just watched it with no music, well, and, he, and he elevated, makes, he elevated, yeah. yeah, he elevated the scene Absolutely. to really bring it uh, much more power. Well, let's have a listen to this again. This is from Honor Majesty Secret Service. The cue is called Gumball Safe, and it's written by John Barry.
So I guess the future for you, hopefully, is, uh, you know, you keep plodding along and, and hoping for the best. You've got this new business model that's going on. I, I want to revisit that one more time. It's, how do people find out about uh, uh, being able to support Q the Music? Well, there's a number of ways. I mean, you don't okay. have to um, necessarily start off by investing into the Patreon scheme. You can just go and enjoy what's already there. Uh, for free if you go uh, to, the, to the website cuethemusicshow.com there's lots and lots on there it's a it's a huge website really and on the videos tab you can watch everything that we currently have um out there on the internet there's got to be 40 videos or so on there different wow. songs cues that weren't released songs that were used at the end like surrender um songs that 
were potentially going to be used like um no good about goodbye so there's there's a whole massive repertoire on there that you can go and watch and if you want to you can join our friend scheme which is um completely free to join and you can be kept up to date with what we're doing and also get access to extra content there for free and if if the will takes you and you really enjoy what we're doing then patreon is the next step but that's not the necessarily the first step um but you know we'd love to have more people come and support what we're doing um especially if you're john barry uh, james bond fans the whole ethos behind what we're doing it started out as a fan who loves the music who loves the films and wants to give fellow fans what they want from a, a james bond concept so oh yeah let me let me tell you uh, folks it's it's um what a treat i mean i've only had limited exposure to it but it's so neat to be able to to hear some of this music that that you love uh, performed live and really done um you know about as accurate as it could possibly be done with with such a small orchestra but to hear it live and have that power of it and you guys also we didn't focus on this you guys also play a lot of the title songs you have a fabulous uh uh, singer that that supports you on that but we didn't get into that but but all the orchestral the, the instrumental cues it's just amazing folks so uh, you know at least if you happen to be in europe or in the uk in particular and you have an opportunity to uh, check these guys out i want to really encourage you to do it it's really special congratulations on doing that all warren i uh i think it's fabulous what you're doing and i just wish you all the all the luck in the world uh, moving forward thank you thank you very much for, and, and thank you for having me on it's it's great to get support from from guys like yourself and anybody listening if you want to come along and support us we'd love to have you there excellent warren i uh, i know how busy you are it took us a while to make arrangements to go ahead and uh, schedule this today so i'm really grateful for your time uh that you've been able to tuck away for us and i thoroughly enjoyed our conversation i hope you enjoyed it as well yeah me too my pleasure thank you again very good well that's going to wrap it up for this particular episode of what's the score i uh, again want to thank warren to, for joining us on the program today and thank all of you for listening appreciate it whenever you can uh, like and comment on episodes uh, please let us know how we're doing i'd love to hear from you but with that there's only one thing left to say and that's simply this My name's Frank Wilson. My time's up. I thank you for yours. Thanks for listening to What's the Score.